Brett is such bright light. What we do in therapy is nothing compared to what me and Brett did today. Thank you, Brett. In an age of comparison and living in an uncertain world, I'm here to take you on a journey of self-empowerment by showing you what I do on a regular basis to free myself and sharing with you the teachers and the insights so you can be free as well and live a life that is truly unleashed before you die. Let's dive in. So welcome back, everybody, to the Brett Bailey Show. I'm very happy to have you here today. We have Solange Beaumont, a fantastic, fantastic, inspiring, mm -hmm. vibrant, beautiful woman who I met in Bali, who I'm still connected with. Mm -hmm. And she's a holistic trauma, uh, holistic trauma healing therapist. And I'm very happy to have her on the show today because I've had some conversations with her since. Um, not only do we both have this um, shared deep curiosity for people in life, <laughs> um, but... Um, she's also just a really beautiful soul and has so much to share about how to heal trauma. And for any of you guys out there uh, and ladies as well that have some unresolved trauma that you're aware of, but don't know how to deal with it, I'm hoping we can get you some answers today. So stick around. Um, Solange, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I'm super inspired and grateful to be here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. You're welcome. And thank you for being on the show. So um, let's, let's just kick into your story a little bit so people know who you are and where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. How did you become this holistic trauma healing therapist? Yeah, sure. So I was working as a sexual health nurse actually for the public uh, health department yeah. <clears throat> for the government, like about how long ago? I think probably 14 years ago or something. I was yeah. working as a sexual health nurse and while I was working there, I was seeing especially a lot of women. I was seeing men and women, but mainly women who mm. came to um, the public health care and it all usually turned out there was always some trauma playing out in their lives as well. What was yeah. creating problems with intimacy in their relationships, in self-worth uh, issues. And while I was working there, I felt really restricted and limited in how I could support these women with their trauma. I had like literally mm. 10 minutes to support them <laughs> and <clears throat> and actually while I was doing the work after a few years I felt more and more limited and then during that time I was also healing my own childhood trauma that I've been yes. through in my life and the thing that really supported me the most in my healing journey was regression and reincarnation therapy yeah and so after going through that, my own healing journey I actually came into a burnout as well while I was working still at oh, sexual health yeah, nurse. Yeah, yeah. And during that burnout, it was just a really wake up call from kind of my soul as well. Like you're not in the right place anymore. Like yeah. the work that you're Ooh. doing yeah. isn't isn't what you're supposed to be do, be doing. And I knew that on some level, but I just didn't have the courage yet to to make a change. But that yes. burnout actually called me was a wake up call and called me out in, in, in many ways to take care of myself first instead of putting others first. Yeah. And, and, you, know, uh, and you know, you know what I have heard recently, an amazing saying is that your breakdown is your breakthrough almost oftentimes, definitely. you know? Yes. And so I, that's definitely what I'm hearing. You have this breakdown, but then it, your soul is like, this is, this is supposed to happen. So you can go on to the next piece. So what, what happened next? Definitely. Yeah. So what happened next? So I was in this burnout for, I don't know, I think six months or something. And then at the end of these six months, I realized <clears throat> I want to do it different. I really want to offer the people that need help, need support in healing and processing their traumas. I want to yeah. help them in a holistic way. And not only through talking, because I knew that was just one 
small layer yeah. of the healing process, right? And then I started to study regression and reincarnation therapy um, here in the Netherlands for two and a half years. And that actually opened up a whole new world for me, for myself, because that was a journey deep, like a deep dive into my own yes. uh, trauma and trauma healing for myself. And yes, yeah, yeah, that was amazing, but also... <laughs> quite <laughs> to yes. really be confronted you know confronted with your own yes on yes. stuff that you thought you already posted but then there's a lot of other you know deeper layers there to Always. discover yeah which was amazing i'm really grateful for those two and a half years because they actually yeah. served me deeply not only learning about how can i support others and what is trauma actually how does it impact the nervous system and the body <clears> and the emotional body and the mental body but also how can i do the internal work the inner work so i'm also not projecting on my clients once i start working with clients so that was like both journeys were happening ah uh, uh, interesting and mm. i wonder if you had a similar experience i found that when um if i have like a heartbreaking moment or my heart rips open for some reason and then i yeah. go into a leading a session that i can actually almost serve better sometimes because i'm just yeah. so tapped in and just even though i'm ripped open i'm so there with them in their heart yeah yeah, yeah you yes, found that? present with their heart yeah i can yes agree with that 100 yeah yes yeah and so how, how did you get into it maybe describe exactly what you do today and and what you do do you work mainly with women or men and and also both. just what is it both and then so and what do you do specifically and how did you arrive at this piece because i'm sure because you're how old are you you're mid early 30s 36 36 36 so mm -hmm. you've, you've probably tried and learned so many different methods how did you mm -hmm. land on the mm -hmm. one that you're currently on and why? Um, yeah, I think mainly because I was specifically doing inner child regression when I was, while I was in this burnout and why that modality really worked for me and resonated with me was because the holistic approach, because I had psychotherapy when I was 16 for a few years and that was supportive you know that was one layer probably that I was only ready for to to dive into back then yes and but once I started to discover that there are more layers to trauma it's so multi-layered and once I started to discover the the, <clears throat> the potency almost or the power of healing also the emotional layer the somatic layer so how is the trauma stored in the body and how can we all oh. integrate actually these these layers the mental level the emotional level the physical and the energetic the spiritual level and that's actually the study that i did integrates like this holistic uh, approach which like for me that was like a full yes that that's how i want to support mm. others mm. Um, because mm. what you sometimes see in spirituality what i couldn't find like my resonance with is that the mental or the mind is maybe wrong or we shouldn't even you know consider the thoughts or the minds or the beliefs right you know? but they are part of if we have experienced trauma we create limited beliefs so we need to include them the same with the emotional level <laughs> yes. and the physical you know they all they all connected they're interconnected and i think that was for me the the full yes to this modality okay well uh, it, it makes a lot of yeah. sense to me why why you went there and, and i you know i've talked to different i just had a session with um a woman who she wants to get into nature therapy that's her calling um basically doing like adventure therapy nature therapy so everyone has their own callings i have a different flavor yeah you know i got my own yeah. flavor yeah. <laughs> but i i, yeah. I, I love to i'd love to ask a question about about the emotional body versus the belief the the intellectual body we could call mm -hmm. it there, there there's a few different formulas but for me to imagine a therapist telling me that my beliefs are not important, that we should bypass those. And it's all about energy or something, some ridiculous yeah. statement. 
to me, that just blows my mind. Um, because as far as I know, and I want to get your opinion on this, this is, this is how mm-hmm. I see it, is that our emotions and our thoughts are driven by our beliefs, not to mention our actions. And the conversations that we have in our head eventually end up in action, whether it's um, going back to a relationship I shouldn't go back to, whether it's mm-hmm. um, hurting somebody else, or whether it's a certain emotion like anger. Well, there's beliefs that are beneath all those. That's my perception of it. And it's from these yeah. early life experiences that we then make mm-hmm. a meaning about the world. But is there something beyond that? Or is that, is that the base root level that we can work with? Even, by the way, even if, um, I just want to mm-hmm. add one more piece there, because it's a big yeah. question. I want to make sure I'm really clear. Mm-hmm. Even, if it, even if it's a, from a past life, for those of you that believe in past lives, which I yeah. do, even if it's from a past life and experience that created belief, is belief not the core element to work, to shift? Like, is, is that not when there's like, when there's a different association or belief in the nervous system, is that not when change is made? Or is it something else? I think it's one of the changes. For me, it's not the biggest one, but it's, it's a major part of the change or the transformation yes. process if you work with healing unhealed trauma, definitely. definitely. Okay, so so what are the other ones? Um, I think, well, like I just said, for me, they're really interconnected. So the, the one, one, so for me, the emotional body or the physical or the intellectual or mental, they're not one, it's not like one of them is more important than the other. They're all equal. Because if we experience trauma, we create a limited belief about ourselves or about the world or about people, about our family, about our body. But at the same time, if I create this limited belief, I also have an emotion connected to that. So if I only would work on a limited belief, for example, you know, to transform that and not not be associated with that limited belief, I still have the emotion and the physical response connected to it. Okay. Could you, could you give me an example so I can, it can be clear for me? Yeah. So for example, if I just think about one of my recent sessions with a client, if a client is emotionally neglected as a child or physically neglected, physically abused. So the client starts to, if the person starts to believe I'm not worthy of love because my parents don't take care of me or I don't matter because they don't care about me. They neglect me. So that's to believe. The emotion yeah. that's connected to that is helplessness or sadness or anger or yeah. anxiety that can get stored in the body. So if I yeah. only would work on uh, the belief that was created, the, the anxiety is still there and it's still stored within the body because only the belief, of course, is a major shift, but we also want to release the emotion connected to that one <clears throat> that belief was created. Okay. Okay. I think I have a new distinction there. So now let me ask you a a, a different question. So this this is basically how I deal with my own trauma. This is basically shortly how I deal with like how I create happiness Mm -hmm. in my life and create results in my life. So I basically change my beliefs. I do the first part of what you said. I get into really intense states where I'm really in peak emotional states and I shift them. I just like, just, mm, just shift them. And it works for me. Um, it's a, it's a very masculine approach, but it works for me. Uh, and then whenever I know, I notice it come up, I have inquiry with myself and step away from beliefs and let them go. And it works for mm-hmm. me. And when it comes to the emotional piece, cause that's just the belief piece. Whenever I feel something in my body, I'm there with it, but I always make sure I move my body in the way that it needs. So mm-hmm. it can release in that very moment. So if I feel some yes. a fro- a frozen feeling in my gut, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I'll move side to side or do some fire breathing, not suppression. Cause I'm very yeah. aware of it but just mm. almost like a discharge. How, how do you take yeah. that in? 
I think that's a beautiful approach, it's especially to use the, the body and the movement to move the stuckness or the tension that is stuck to, to bring movement to it. Yeah. I think the, the, the thing that I would like to add to it, how I work yeah. you know, with my clients is that um, sometimes we're so stuck in stories that we created doing trauma, like we have uh, assumptions or we had, we created internalization. I don't know if you're familiar with the word in, like you internalize yes. beliefs about yourself, yes. you know? Yes. So, and, 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 and just, and just for, for an example, that could be like your parent gets mad at you and then you internalize a belief. Like uh, if your parent constantly tells you like you, um, you suck, then you internalize that. You say, I suck. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Or if my father constantly abandons or rejected me, I start to internalize the belief I'm unworthy. Understood. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yes. Or if my father yells at me the whole time, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm worthy of being taken care of or I'm unworthy of even receiving love. I internalize his, yes. actually, he's actually uh, putting out some words which carry energy and everything. And I internalize all of that. Um, yes, gotcha. So where were we? Um, let me get back to um, the internalization. So when I, when I take people into regression, which I come probably, I'll get, get into that in a little bit. When I take people into regression, one of the things that's really a breakthrough for them is the understanding of the, um, the how the beliefs were created in the first place. So yeah. not everyone has the awareness already. Like, I know why I have this belief with this emotional charge, with this physical complaints, for example. So yeah. taking them back from the mature person they are now into like the seven-year-old, for example, and like shortly reliving that because we don't want to relive, relive all of it, but just for the awareness, that's already where yeah. the big change happened. Okay, that's why I start to believe that I'm unworthy. Yes. And also having a lot of compassion for that inner child, like it's completely understandable. You started to believe that you were unworthy of love because yes. of course that's what you, you didn't know anybody. You didn't have, even have the emotional capacity to, to know that it wasn't about you because you internalized that. Um, yeah. yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I, I've been actually thinking so much about the idea of if we need to go back to that first moment. And yeah. I, I, I've landed on the, the belief that we don't have to, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's not required to, to live a yeah. good life. Yet it can be, yeah. I've, had, I've had moments myself where I've done that and it's been incredibly powerful and transformative. Yeah. What's your perspective on do we need to go find some memory to, to heal that yeah. emotional charge and that belief? It's an interesting question because I've changed that belief about we need to uh, go back all the time over the years because in the beginning, 10 years ago, when I started to do this work and started my practice, I actually had the strong core belief that we need to relive it all and we need to go back to those memories, right? Right, right. That changed actually, I think, over the last four or five years a lot, but I'm still, I still have the belief or the the, the approach that to, for a lot of people, depending where they are on the journey, it's it's like necessary to make this first shift to, to understand, okay, that's where it started. That's where the trauma was created. That's where the subconscious yeah. belief happened. And then from there, we can work on, we can do it in a different way. But there's always a core moment that I will take them back to, to, to make that shift and to like oh, this aha moment, like, okay, now I yes. understand it. And that already also sometimes like... Um, brings them into a parasympathetic state so it's not yes. like we want to you know we want to grab into this and dive into these memories and find more and we live it and no that's not it it's more about for the awareness i'm like okay that's now i get it 
so the person they are today, the mature adult, also understand what actually happened. Yeah, that's interesting. Before you even said that, I, I wrote down as you were talking, being aware of the yeah. root equal equal calm, it, and yes. you said, then you said the parasympathetic <laughs> thing. It was like, okay, yeah, I, right. I see the I see the value of that. It equals yeah. the sort of okay, okay. So now I know like why I'm all this shit's coming up. Exactly. Now it, it gives me a sense of certainty amidst all the uncertainty that I'm dealing with. What I found yes. is that being aware of the root is great. What I've learned from Bessel van der Kolk, who's just like a trauma research guy, if you haven't heard of him, he's mm-hmm. um, the body, body keeps the score guy for those listening. Yeah. yeah he, talks, he talks mm-hmm. a lot about two things. One, learning to increase your window of tolerance of sen- the sensations yeah. of your body. And then mm-hmm. two, being able to actually be present and alive in the moment. And yeah. that he says that you don't need to go back to a conscious recollective type memory, that mm-hmm. as long as you can mm-hmm. just build that window of tolerance and be in the present and allow yeah. some pleasure in, and I want to get to pleasure to heal trauma in a second, but to be mm-hmm. able to allow some pleasure in that, that can be enough for a person to live a good life. And that oftentimes it can actually re-trauma, not oftentimes, but at times it can re-traumatize people to go relive a memory yeah. and it's not necessary. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Mm, so what I think about that is that there's definitely there has to be a healthy balance in not getting too attached to wanting to relive and digging into the root cause all the time <laughs> yes. because because i've been there <laughs> yes i believe you have really yes. experiencing that <laughs> doing this work it's like oh there's another piece i need to you know uncover and like yes no, no, no. but i have seen within myself and the people i work i've worked with and still working with that it's 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 a big part of the healing journey that i take him through to yeah. get to the root cause and from there we we go into the healing journey so i still believe my approach is that it is sometimes necessary and really supportive yes. and it has a big yes. value because like i said there's a relief from the understanding because yes. otherwise especially if if people who like are in this loop of overthinking not understanding for them it's really important to have the mental understanding okay yes wow, that's why this happened that's why this is still playing out in my relationships now i get it It has Ah. nothing to do with my partner it has to do with my my father who treated me like this and now i understand what i'm too scared to leave my boyfriend for because because i'm too scared because i i lost my father or he never gave me love and now i'm looking for that okay then all that's like so many pieces of the puzzle start to come together and that's a big feedback that i always get from my clients which gives them a lot of inner peace yes understanding Yes, I can see how just understanding why if something happened can give a person the a new belief, which is it's okay that I'm feeling this. You know, yes. it, it's okay it's that I'm welcome. going back to that. It's welcome. Yeah. There's like that yes. acceptance piece that's there. And it's valid, you know, the validation is is one of the core things. Like, especially yeah. if we were not validated in our feelings and our emotions, like going through that and feeling validated. And again, if I'm there as a therapist, not because not to create a codependent relationship, but just someone is there to validate and welcome the feelings. Again, that also brings them into the parasympathetic nervous system. Yes. State. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've started off on a very intense note here. <clears throat> let's um let's, let's, let's go to, <laughs> let's go let's go to pleasure. Um, so yeah. I'm interested in the mm. idea of healing through pleasure and partly mm-hmm. for, for my own selfish reasons of how I do my work, because mm-hmm. I'm sure you've left a session that you've given to a client and you've been drained. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, in the past, it hasn't happened for a while, but in, in the beginning of my, okay. my yeah, 
career as a therapist, definitely the first years. Yeah. And it was that, is that because you learned how to set energetic boundaries or was it something else? I get this question quite often. Partially it's energetic boundaries, but another thing is why? Because if a client comes to me um, and there's kind of a, I call it like a resonance with my own trauma, I'm actually maybe kind of kind of dissociating or not fully present in my body. If his yeah. trauma resonates with my trauma, I'm actually yeah. working really hard, right? Because my yeah. own inner child maybe gets gets activated and I cannot yeah. be fully present. So it's like kind of an energy leak within my own system. Um, oh. so that's one thing. So the more inner work I did, the more grounded and safe, especially safe, I feel within my body, the more my inner child felt taken care of and she could do whatever she wants. I was there just as a person I am today and not my inner child was like wanting to show in my sessions, maybe. Mm, that makes sense to me. I've definitely noticed parts of myself come up during, and I think it's normal for therapists to have parts of yes. themselves come up, you know? Of course. How, of course. how can they not? Yeah. So, okay. So, human beings with our own trauma. But for me personally, I think the more, it's especially about safety within my own body, the more safe I felt within my own body, the less drained I started to feel after sessions and the more energized I actually felt. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and, and it's, in, it's interesting. There's so many different approaches and there's definitely mm-hmm. not one approach that will work for all 8 billion of us. And so that's yeah. one of the things I, I love about, um, having so many, like, I think it's good as a therapist to not actually have one method to know, like actually yeah. opposite approaches and different approaches. Cause I've found like, I work with a woman just now before this podcast, mm-hmm. but I usually work with men. And I had to be very yeah. different when I was with her than I was. And I realized that very quickly. I was like, okay, I have to, I have to change. Mm-hmm. I have to be different in my energy. So she doesn't, so she can feel safe and things of that yes. nature. Um, but I want to talk about healing through pleasure also, because I think that say like the destination is um, being able to be alive in the present moment and have a connection with what I feel. Let's just say that is a, a, a result mm-hmm. that we want to get. And to do that, to do that, one way is to maybe go through some pain and relive an experience and let it go. Uh, And then another way, and, but my my question here is really, what are some of the ways that we can help ourselves without having to experience as much pain? Like what, because I think there's approaches that might drag out the pain too long. And there's some approaches that maybe involve healing with more pleasure approaches that you can get Mm -hmm. the same result, but just with less pain along the way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what, what's your exact question about it? About, about um, what, what, what are some ways that we can heal trauma using pleasurable approaches? What are some pleasurable approaches to healing mm-hmm. trauma? Or is pleasure in and of itself healing? I think everything that is, in, if we are not bypassing the trauma, can be super healing. You know, like if we, because to have a positive experience, is already healing right and pleasure is a positive experience so that's already healing on itself right the thing is for for me what i've seen um i'm always a little bit um careful with healing through pleasure because i've seen clients also who went on the journey for example of tantra but had a lot of sexual trauma who actually got re-traumatized because yes trauma or the body or the emotional was completely bypassed and and so i'm always really careful with that and i'm not saying it's wrong to heal through pleasure because I think it can have a big, big positive impact on us, but it's, it's something I'm always mm. considerate about. Mm. 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 Yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that approach and I can definitely see it in times for myself when 
in the past, now I don't do this. Um, but in the past I would, I was so into personal growth and healing that I would push myself to do things that I really, my body wasn't ready for me to do. And, um, and that's more of a, this, um, it was because I kind of had this lack of connection to my body and my needs. And so I I wasn't really able to to honor them. I wasn't really aware of them. Exactly. That's exactly that's what i mean like if you have because of any type of trauma like you have a disconnection with your body or dissociated and you're going in through maybe healing through through pleasure it it can be tricky if you don't have your boundaries clear you don't feel even your body then it's just it yes. can be a re-traumatized experience yeah it doesn't yes. need to be it can also be really powerful and empowering and healing but there are two sides to that from my from my experience yes okay beautiful now i feel like we covered a lot of trauma and like, so that's kind of covered for everybody who's listening I'd like to move in to, to take a bit of a, a random turn into relationships. Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. And I, I like, I'd like that. yeah, <laughs> and, uh, a lot of guys, uh, it's a lot of guys that are listening. And mm-hmm. I, I talk to people all the time, like just out and about in my life. And I'm constantly interviewing people and asking questions. And one thing that seems to be coming to my awareness a lot is that um, sex reproduction. This is a very, very deep intrinsic need, and people will do mm-hmm. a lot of things to be admired by the people they want to be admired by. We'll do a lot of like men will do a lot of things. They will fucking push them. Excuse my language. They'll push themselves in the mm. gym really hard. They will change themselves. They will buy expensive programs. <laughs> also, <laughs> they can just maybe, just maybe attract like an incredible woman. So, I'm curious to, uh, to start this conversation off with what are what do you think are some turnoffs for women that men mm-hmm. often do, but maybe don't think are turnoffs. Hmm. Interesting question. I think you already covered one that trying to impress maybe from <laughs> yes. the, the ego, but like trying to impress by, well, actually it's sometimes more attractive if, if a man is just authentically himself and trying to change himself, trying to change his behavior, or like you said, trying to, work out like crazy just to impress a woman i think like if it's if it's disconnect i feel like if it's disconnected from himself that's a turn off yes you know are you really doing it for yourself because you genuinely feel that desire or is just to impress a woman that's a turn off uh okay and what are some ways that uh, what are some things that are attractive to a woman or some things that maybe are attractive to you if not every woman but just generally your sense what are some things that some qualities that are very attractive like very like wow i want to I want to not just be physically intimate with this man, but I want to potentially spend yeah. more time with him and, and go on that second or third date. I think someone who is clear, has a lot of clarity about his own life, about his purpose. Okay. And um, someone who has emotional awareness. And I think we spoke about that in the past, right? Emotional yep. intelligence. Yeah. Um someone who's committed to, to do their own inner work and is, is aware of what maybe are some limited beliefs or limited patterns in their life or how they can maybe sabotage themselves or relationships. Um, yes. Someone who has the, yeah, the willingness, the openness and it's authentic. Authenticity is a really important for me, core value within myself, but then also that's something that attracts me in a man. If he's authentically himself. Yes. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I think that like, when you see someone, a man or woman, when they just, when they own themselves, when they just, they know who yes. they are and they, and they love it. It's, it's very, yeah. um, it's contagious, even not even in an intimate context, just people. I love seeing exactly. somebody own themselves. Even if I don't agree with their beliefs, I love seeing yeah. them own themselves. 
Definitely. That's that's yeah. the turn on. Like we just they're owning it, you know, they're they're claiming yes. that's that's what they exactly. are, that's what they stand for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, great. Um well, what are some ways that men tend to sabotage their relationships that you've seen? What are some stories you've heard that were why why do we sabotage our relationships? And how? Fear fear is the first thing that comes up. Fear of closeness, fear of um vulnerability. Being being too too scared, being scared of being vulnerable, and if they really commit, maybe, yeah, there's a kind of a you know that's the attachment theory, but the the, the avoidant, you know, mm, attached yeah. person. Um, I think that's a way to to sabotage your relationship, to really lose yourself. If someone loses themselves in this avoidant attachment style it can be really a sabotaging uh, being a sabotaging pattern yes i can see that because to me relationship it's it's really it's about connection if, if what else is it about right. it's not connection and if there's constantly yes. that avoidance then it's um it's almost going against what is really needed at the same time i think what i needed in my last relationship was more separation because we were kind of codependent and so yeah. we I, I was like, I, I wish I was a bit more avoidant. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's what the anxious attachment usually say. No? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I feel you. I feel you with that one. No, Truth but bomb. it's true. Bomb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But it's true, you know. And of course, if there's an imbalance in, like, because of codependency, then to create a space for each other within a connection is super important. But but you know, creating mm. a healthy space is different than avoiding. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Okay, this has been an amazing conversation so far. And I want to finish off with like a final sort of three questions, and you can make the answers quick if you'd like. Yes. Um, the first is why do we do this? What's the point of doing all the healing work? The first thing that comes to me just fully intuitively it's like to feel more connected with ourselves and with each other yeah and when we're connected with ourselves and with each other what do we experience <laughs> aliveness joy mm. life force life energy pleasure um freedom i think freedom mm. Mm. it's beautiful i love freedom. that okay great yeah. okay great ne next question what are your three favorite qualities about yourself Mm, I think my sensitivity. Sensitivity. Same sensitivity. Um, honesty and my ability to listen. I have like the, mm. the great ability to just listen and hold space. That's yeah, I love that a lot. Yes, beautiful. I certainly <laughs> see those as well. Okay, and 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 last question: What would what would have to happen? What would you have to not do? for you to get to the end of your life and regret it what would i have to not do so, so uh, something i wouldn't do yeah something like if you got to the end of your life you'd regret not doing or excuse me you, you okay. yeah exactly yeah yeah you get to the end of your life you're like oh i should have done that and it's like full regret like just terrible regretful feelings i love that question no one ever asked me that in this way let me let me just take a moment to yeah it's a big one Yeah, it's a, it's a simple answer, and of course, it's it's a little bit more general. But I think to not live, to if I wouldn't have lived 
the life I wanted and not follow my intuition, not follow my purpose, then I would feel like, oh my God, I I fucking regret my life because I like for yeah. me, for example, following my like my my intuition is really, really important. I know if I don't do that, yeah, I lose my life force, my connection with myself. So just really following my intuition, wherever that takes me, wherever that leads me. I love so that. Um, it's not really a specific answer, it's more general, but yeah, that's just what what, what I feel. Yeah, well, I can tell it's very personal to you and it's meaningful for you. There's um there, mm-hmm. there's this book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying that I love. It's called it's by mm-hmm. Bronnie Ware. And it's this um mm-hmm. if, you, if for anyone anyone who hasn't heard of it, it's from a hospice nurse who spent time in uh, palliative care. She spent so much time Beautiful. with dying people, and she wrote she found that there's these common regrets that people keep having the same ones. And so she yeah. identified the top five, and the first one, the, the top regret that most people had was I regret mm-hmm. not living a life true to myself. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what you just said. Yeah, pretty much in, in wow. different words. Yeah, in different words. I love that. And what also came through me, um, I would regret not choosing freedom, because again, like mm. freedom is core value. Like I, I need to choose freedom, whatever that means for me. But, but yes, that's really super important. So, looking back at my life, I think, and knowing that I wouldn't have chosen freedom, that yeah. would be a big regret. Yes. Okay, beautiful. I, I was gonna end the, the I was gonna end the conversation here, but I have one more question that just came to me. That's such a good yeah. question. I've never asked this question before ever. First time it's okay, came to me. Okay, bring it on. <laughs> so, how do you think a person's values change when they get more connected to their soul? To their soul. Okay. Mm. I think the values will change from. Uh, more casual values to more values in depth the depth of the yeah like you know what i mean like yes can be casual but uh, but they change because if you feel more connected with your soul you 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 experience life in a more deeper way you experience pleasure in a deep way your emotions in a deeper way and that impacts your values yes yeah i think so they will yeah do you want me to give an example sure yeah this is again yeah i'm just feeling into like what would what would be what would be an example of how they change like for so, me what i just said yeah then go ahead yeah okay so i i was just thinking like another way of asking the question is um mm-hmm. what what are the what are the values of the soul so the reason that this this triggered me was when you said freedom i was like well that seems very much like being connected to your soul like freedom yeah. love joy authenticity yes like, i, I want like, yes. what are the values of the soul is kind of the question i'm, I'm uh, driving towards here you, you know what comes to me when you ask that question would actually led me to this freedom that that's one of my core values to actually live yeah in connection with my more in touch with my soul than with the programs and beliefs that i was with with all that society has so going beyond the programming of the society and the the generational beliefs that maybe that we carry and yes beyond that and then really getting in touch like with the depth of my being in my heart like what is it that selfish place that like, you really yeah. yeah what is it that i want and not yeah. coming from okay this is what my parents think or always told me i should do oh, that society tells me what i should do. school told me what to do no what do i really want in the depth of my being and following oh. that and that's that's freedom for me that's authenticity yeah, I, I love that. I resonate with that so deeply. And to the point where I, I honestly get a little bit frustrated and like, not annoyed. Annoyed wouldn't be the right word, but I get 
anxious or frustrated or something, whenever I talk to somebody and they're so, they're just following not their truth, but they're following their society. I'm like, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an amazing way to end the conversation today. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time. If someone wants to get in contact with you or your work um, and they love what they heard today and they'd like to connect with you, where should they go on their cell phone? They can always reach out to me and find me on Instagram. Okay. Solage.beaumont. It's, it's a little bit, um, maybe you, you will probably add it in the podcast, right? Maybe I will. S-O-L-A-N-G-E dot B-E-A-U-M-O-N-T. Right. You heard it here first. Yes. Go get it, you yes. guys. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Solange, thank you so much for your time today. It was amazing yeah. to, thank to you see so you. Thank you so much. And, yeah, and for everybody for who's me. listening... You're very welcome. And for everyone who's listening, thank you as well for your time and attention. I hope yes. you had half as much fun as I did today because I had a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, thank you for your time and attention and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers.